African <laughs> countries which are voicing out their displeasure mm. on a particular group of people from other countries and he simply does not want to answer that problem or that question simply because they want to paint South Africa as this hostile place whereas we have been hosting everyone from all over the world so i just wish sometimes our fellow brothers can also mm. take some responsibility mm. and even answer some of these critical questions sure, because sure. this is not just a south african problem and uh, as much as africa should unite but mm. we cannot unite in this tiny plot of land yeah, called South for Africa. Sure, for sure. uh, I mean, it, it, it's very unfair to us. Nondi Akuvaput, and I think you're right. I mean, the reason why I pose that question is because I know there are instances and experiences of what is being experienced here in South Africa that have happened on our continent. It's not unique. are not unique to us. Um, and I think maybe, I mean, let's hope he'll go back and think about it. But the episodes of Okana must go. The episodes of... Um, you know, some of the treatment we've seen uh, or some of the murmurs by politicians in Southern Africa, by the way, are indicative that these concerns are not unique to us, one. But also, number two, that there's nothing inherently so prejudiced. I don't know if prejudistic is a word, but maybe that's not the word. But there's nothing so sort of um, that makes South Africans more drawn to bigotry than any other place. And I think that's what we're trying to show here. Um, that uh, all of these things, one, we're not unique, one, is not new, but also two, or thirdly, uh, that uh, all of these tensions are not novel. We've seen them, they've been experienced elsewhere on our continent, and I think we kind of have to give a balanced assessment. Thank you very much for that voice note, really appreciate it. Evening, evening, uh, evening. Samuel Masu here. Samuel, how are you? Man? Let me first start by just applauding the gentleman there for, for, for a good interview. And also the fact that they have identified that one of their biggest problems mm. is actually the, the fact that they're still taking in members or taking in new taxes, which is causing a problem on its own. Mm. And I've always said that the fact that the, the taxi industry will struggle is because of the fact that there's no innovation in the organization itself. So that on its own is limiting the sustainability of the business. Mm. I mean, if you, 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 you for example, I, I felt at the beginning that the e-hailing business should have been conducted by the organization from the onset. Imagine if the, the, the organization had bought several vehicles, private vehicles, and, and they were actually conducting the e e-hailing business mm. that on its own is sustaining the business and also a new innovation for for the business or if they had bought buses if they could and and that that was another factor of just growing the business bigger yeah look i mean i think the issue you're raising around innovation is very important because um but you see even before we get to innovation you kind of have to first in my view unpack the circumstances that gives rise to the taxi industry in the first place. First is spatial apartheid. I mean, you know, one, one of these days, uh, and I think we need to pencil this in, uh, uh, Chola, we must actually do a, a discussion on our show on a gentleman called James Sofasong Mbanza. 
You know, when pirates people speak about Mark Kepula, yeah, they're talking about that guy. Because effectively, this culture of settlement, informal settlement and all of that is also linked to the growth of transport routes that could not traditionally be serviced by public transport that was given to black people. And that's the reality. So Padko Fine could go and, um, you know, it would maybe easier if you're an Alex, but certain parts of the growth of cities in South Africa has given rise and enabled or constrained the growth of the taxi industry. Now, the first part is to deal with how do you plan your future cities and what role will you have for the minibus taxi industry as a mode? Where will the ranks be? This thing of garages and corners of streets being effective de facto ranks is a problem because it shows that there's no effective planning. There's clear commuters, there's a demand for the service, but there's no place where the service is being housed. So I think let's pause there on that particular score for a second and uh, take a quick detour now into our culture talk and uh, we'll uh, yeah, come back to uh, some of those themes after that. Culture, culture talk. Culture talk on Metro FM. Culture Talk with Ayabonga Kawe. It's our Culture Talk segment here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, tonight, speaking to Nongul Legomashi, director of Her Story Museum. And uh, yeah, uh, Her Story Museum is a play that uncovers and celebrates the history of black women, taking place at the Joburg Theater from the 24th of May through to the 28th of May. And about the journey of a young lady who finds herself trapped in the mystical realm of a South African museum and who encounters five statues that come to life in this realm. And Nungul Lego joins me now to tell us a bit more about, yeah, once these statues come to life, uh, all of the fun that then unfolds. Nungul Lego, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much for coming through. I'm well, I'm well. I certainly hope you're well as well. Nungul Lego, talk to me about uh, this piece of work, how it comes into being, and uh, more importantly, I guess, um, how this uh, mystical experience in a South African museum uh, celebrates uh, the history of black women. Yes, so the coming of this production actually came from um, one of my opportunities in serving in church, um, where I was somewhat leading a just a couple of young girls and mm. uh, youth. Um, and so the question came about when I started, you know, these girls started looking up to me and asking questions of how to go about in their lives and also in their identity. I guess they were trying to figure out, you know, just who they are, you know. Um, because obviously, you know, looking at what we experience such as social media, you know, a lot of things around us influence our identity. And so it's, I started... Um, questioning myself, my, you know, around identity, what, how have I also um, influenced, what has influenced my decisions and how I've um, sort of come about with my identity, how I represent myself in this world. Um, and so it came from that, um, where this young girl, she seems like she doesn't fit in, you know, at school mm. she is somewhat not, at school she's ridiculed by because of the way she pronounces things, you know, she comes, she goes to a really posh, posh school, um, really. And so when she goes back home, she's somewhat also deemed as someone that's not black enough. So she finds herself really not fitting anywhere, you know. At, ho- at home, she's 
also dealing with situations where she's in between um, um, religion as well, where she has to go with her, her parents, um, um, follow different um, beliefs. And so in different parts of her life, she's just not in a, a place where she's belonging or she's just not enough of something. And so she finds herself in this well, in this museum, and she she finds comfort uh, in this exhibition where she looks at these women who somewhat represent different eras in uh, of South African women, um, and so she finds yeah she finds comfort. And then she one day she gets into an altercation with the the curator. His name is David Whit- Whitlocker, and so he then ends up being obviously upset with this altercation mm. they have, um, traps her into into this another ultimate realm in this museum. Um, and so now she has to find a way out. But upon, you know, trying to escape, she discovers that these muse- um, these statues actually come to life. Let's pause there. Let's pause there. Let's pause there where the yep. statues come to life because I, I've got a quick spot break nearing on me. And when we come back, we talk about, I guess, what unfolds as they come to life. I don't want you to share too much because we still want people to go and watch. Uh, But uh, let's come back to that after this brief break. Ladies, I won the lotto. Z, you can't tell people. They'll all want some of your money. Oh, I'm first on the yacht. Whoa, 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 hold your seahorses. I only won 200 bucks. That's perfect. Culture Talk with Ayobonga Klawe. Six minutes it is before 9 p.m. Indeed, it is our Culture Talk segment here on Metro FM Talk. Joined tonight uh, to take a look at uh, this uh, latest production uh, out of the Joburg Theatre from the 24th of May in the next few days or so. Story Museum is the name of the production and uh, the director, Nongulego Mashi, is my guest. Nongulego, you were still explaining to us, I guess, um, the circumstances that then give rise to the statues coming alive in the museum. Without giving too much away, what then happens thereafter? Well, yeah, they go into a process of, you know, telling their stories, as you know, they mm. called her story. Um, and so these women actually finally get their stories heard. Mm. Um, obviously, what has happened is that the David character, um, the curator, he actually trapped them there. So it's some form of also slavery in some ways. Um, and so they they found themselves trapped. And these women were, these statues were actually women that were once alive um and so in this moment as she enters into that space she actually then hears their stories they actually relay who they were who they um how they actually got there um and so that she discovers that actually statues were were once alive um and so yeah that's what happens and so then they also try and take her through a journey of trying to figure out what's her identity try and help her figure out all the questions that she has inside of her um, as she goes through her teenage um, life. Mm. And, so, yeah. and then, I mean, just the, the production itself, uh, talk to us about, I guess, um, all of the work behind the scenes. I mean, um, to, to bring something like this to life, a lot has to happen technically uh, and uh, also, I guess, insofar as the thespians are concerned. Yeah, um, so a lot of it, to be, to be very honest, a lot of it 
of this production, every single day, every single night, or every single show, it's somewhat different. Um, because we have amazing, I have amazing actors that I work with, and they are top-notch with their improvisation. So mm. as much as yes, there is a script, they also find newness in their characters. They also find um, something different every night. And I think that's what makes it so, um, that, that makes the production come alive, is that it's funny, at the same time it's also serious. And so the process that we go about is, obviously we have a script, but the beginning process actually started um, with uh, just a, a discussion around what does it mean to be a black woman, what does it mean to be African, um, and then we took it from there with improvising and to be honest, it actually started with a whole lot of improvisation. Mm. Um, and then we went into researching um, women who lived in specific eras or specific times. And so obviously me as a director, I, I, look, I allocated um, the different actors, the specific um, sort of generations. And then they went ahead and updated their research in that time. So for example, there's a girl named Sis Q. Um, she represents in the 1980s to the 1990s. So, well, Boom Shaka, or, you know, those people, um, she's within that area. And so she had to, that actor had to go and um, research the music, um, what people really enjoyed around that time. Then there's a lady, um, one of the statues, she's the first statue to get captured. Um, she represents women who were there to witness colonization. Obviously, there's not much that we, that was documented around that time, but, you know, she, Tried to, we tried um, working together and trying to figure out how did that look like um, a woman who was there to witness colonization, the initial part of it, um, how did that look like? Um, and so it was a whole lot of improvisation, a whole lot of research, um, and a whole lot of fun um, working together mm. and collaborating on this piece. Yeah, so from the 24th through to the 28th, uh, you are out at the Joburg Theatre. How much is it? And uh, just for the benefit of some of our listeners uh, who will be heading out there to watch it. Yes. Uh, the ticket for a ticket is 120 120 Yes. All right then. Yes, cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for your listeners for listening. Awesome stuff. Nungul Mashi, the director there of Her Story Museum. It's uh, out on the 24th through to the 28th of May out at the Joburg Theatre. You certainly do want to catch that one.